0: Welcome back. It is Monday, November 29th, and this is the Man the Woman podcast coming off a one week break. This is your host, Alex Gabriel, joined by my co host, Randy Bell. Um, Randy, this last weekend, first of all, it was Thanksgiving, so I hope that you and yours had a fantastic holiday weekend. I mean, yesterday, saturday my eyes were basically bleeding after watching eight straight hours of college football today i circled around and watched again about eight straight more hours so that's 16 hours you know that's almost like a part-time job i put in work these last couple of days basically from thanksgiving until now i put in work i should be charging the nfl and the college football for for all my time it sounds
1: like you and i had a similar uh experience i did the same i surprised that um, at some points, I didn't get sewn into the couch from just sitting there and watching so much football. I got bed sores. <laughs> I get bed sores. And you know what? I don't regret one second of it. I don't no, want to take it not. back. It was and, absolutely uh, amazing. I, I wouldn't want to be
0: doing anything else. I totally agree. And, you know, normally, you know, we, we dive right into you know, the NFL um, recap because it's week 12 that, that we just seen here. Um, but first and foremost, we have to give credit to. First of all, Michigan State finishes the season with ten wins. Um, their over/under was five, four and a half going into the season. Uh, Michigan State goes undefeated at home, looking like a Fiesta Bowl. We'll get a New Year's Six bowl, um, and we beat Michigan, who you know is now looking to potentially make a run at the College Football Playoff. You have to give credit to the University of Michigan. It's been ten years; they finally beat their arch rival, Ohio State, um, in really a uh, pretty outstanding fashion. They really pounded them. They pounded the rock scored on every possession in the second half and sort of were able to exercise their demons. I still hate Jim Harbaugh. Like after the game, he said, you know, some people are born on third base and think they hit a triple like dude, you beat them one time. They didn't, they weren't born on third. They just beat your ass every year, but you know, they're my rival. And I'll let them enjoy this time here. So um, good for them. It was a crazy weekend of college football. Anything that stuck out to you from a college football um, standpoint, before we get into our NFL addictions
1: you Know, enjoy the chaos of college football, and I love it. It's been like this all year. If you're in the top 25, top 10, top five, beware because you're gonna get upset at some point because that is the chaos of college football. But also, I think it just speaks that I know it's coming eventually. We have to extend the playoffs, we yeah. have to. Actually, uh, I don't so know, many you know
0: teams. I was thinking about this. I, I don't know because Michigan State essentially had a playoff game two weeks ago against Ohio State, like that was a playoff game, you know what I mean? Like Michigan, Ohio State on Saturday, that was a playoff game. Auburn, Alabama, that was a playoff game. So if you start to expand that, you know, those games get less and less impactful. And that's always the argument against. I mean, I just felt like, you know, a lot of those games will lose. Like I knew, and granted, I may check out a little bit after we lose to Ohio State by 100 points. But you knew that was a playoff game. It's like, hey, you have to win. And that's sort of, a again, it's basically a playoff game, you know?
1: It is. I, I just want the case to be made, and I'm always going to be the underdog champion. I know a lot of people aren't, but there's something to be said for, and I get it, Cincinnati doesn't play the toughest schedule, but they play who's on their schedule, and they beat who's on their schedule. And you had this with UCF years ago. going wrong. I'm not sitting here and saying that, oh, man, they're Alabama. They could compete with them. I'm saying give them a chance, expand it, let the non-Power 5 conferences have a chance. That's all I'm saying.
0: Okay, well, let's just go through it, right? So we have our four, which presumably is – Georgia, Alabama, Cincinnati, and Michigan. And presumably Alabama and Georgia will knock each other out. So that's, again, another playoff game. So then you have at five, or, you know, the next team is Ohio State. They just lost to Michigan. We have Notre Dame. I don't really care to see them in the playoff. We have Oklahoma. They're seventh. You know you know what I mean? Like some of those teams, Oklahoma, Baylor is eight. A lot of those teams have already played each other and or lost to one another. You know, so I, I understand it in some respects, but in many I just – What's great about college football is every game really, really matters. And if you lose one, that really sucks. You can lose one, that's pretty much it. And expanding it will dilute the product.
1: I agree. But to me, I feel like it does concentrate the power of – recruiting of money of everything to certain programs and other programs would never have a chance to have a seat at the table. Those well, you always can't be say fighting. That of Cincinnati's
0: here. Cincinnati's here. If, you know, if, as long as they win their conference championship, they're in, you know what I mean? So they did get it. And you know, they they're kind of bucking the tradition in that respect.
1: How many years has the college football program or college football playoff been going? And this is the first time we've had a non-power five conference, even in contention to be in it. Um, we have Alabama, we have Georgia, we have Oklahoma, we have Ohio state. Rotate. We just rotate, right?
0: I just don't think okay. those teams deserve to be in it. I just don't. You know, I, I just, Cincinnati plays, well, like Tul- Tulsa and they beat East Carolina. Like, if they were in the Big Ten, they'd have two or three losses. If you go into Purdue and they're going to throw 100 yards on you, like, it's just a week after week after week beatdown. Like, I don't really think they're that deserving of entering because their week to week schedule is just not that good. And so Cincinnati did it this year and we'll see how they bow up when they get to the big show.
1: And I would say that Alabama, I would say they also beat up on some lowly, lowly competition or Georgia, excuse me, Alabama, but more so Georgia. They beat up on the SEC East, which was down and awful. And typically is like, it's usually Georgia and then maybe Florida and then everyone else.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess we can agree to disagree and let's dive into our NFL addictions. Um, let's just dive right into it. The Lions are addicted to losing on Thanksgiving. I can't remember the last Thanksgiving where I watched and just enjoyed the Lions winning. The Lions play the Chicago Bears on Thanksgiving. Jared Goff came back. They took an early lead, 7-0. Ultimately, they fall short to the Chicago Bears, 16-14. And the thing that was most infuriating is (sighs) they lose in just the worst manner. The Lions are up 14-13. There's about eight minutes to go in the game. And the Bears essentially – And it's not essentially they do. They drive the whole rest of the period. They just keep getting first downs. Andy Dalton, first down, first down, first down. And the game sort of hinges. It's 14 to 13. Chicago's in the red zone area. It's third and 10. Detroit calls a timeout. They're trying to get organized. Then they call another timeout on third and 10, which is a penalty. You can't call back-to-back timeouts. So now it goes from third and 10 to third and five, on like the 10-yard line. And the defensive backs – are playing like 10 yards off. I was like, all I have to do is run a slant. And they did, of course. Chicago converts. It's just like mismanagement from top to bottom. Dan Campbell really looks like he's over his head. Just like, how do you let that happen, calling back-to-back timeouts? Like, if if they're misaligned, they're misaligned. They'll score, and then you can get the ball back at least. You let them get a first down, kick a game-winning field goal. It was just like so embarrassing, like – Time and time again, like you let Andy Dalton convert when he shouldn't have. And then again, to give up multiple timeouts, like to call multiple timeouts when you're on defense and just, oh my God, dude, it's terrible. I
1: I don't have much to follow up. You kind of covered everything because I felt so bad watching that. And then I started seeing some social media posts. It was like, can we cancel Detroit playing on Thanksgiving? (laughs) We're tired of seeing it. Um, Just because everything you just spoke to. It wasn't that they lost. It's always the same conversation. It's how they lose. Yes. Like yes. you don't just lose. You lose in like the most excruciating, weird, dumb ways. And it's all it's just bad. And I felt I fell for you watching that game because I thought, all right, this is again another time I we thought, all right, this is this is the week. This is when we're gonna get that they're gonna get that first W. Um <clears throat> that didn't happen. Um, there's only and, and,
0: one more winnable game on the schedule, and that's Atlanta. I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. there's not many more cracks at it if you're the Lions.
1: And if you so, saw Atlanta this weekend, that you'll understand that is very winnable. Um, so you have a chance.
0: So you got to take it. I mean, it. it's week 12. Mm-hmm. We have 17 or 18 weeks. There's not another one aside from Atlanta. We play Minnesota at home this week. We'll see what happens coming off extra rest. Minnesota's coming off a loss. I don't see Minnesota. Kirk Cousins has never lost to the Lions in a Vikings uniform. I mean, it's just like – it's just so – I saw a tweet that said, uh, if you're a Lions fan, you should legally be allowed to take MDMA. Like, you should just be allowed to do Molly because it's just like you're watching that game and you know – like, you're like, all right, well, maybe we'll, we'll get a stop here, at least get a chance to score. Like, just an eight-and-a-half-minute drive with Andy Dalton at the helm and you can't get a stop. And then you're paying, playing 10 yards off on the most crucial point of the game. Like, press the guy. Like, if you get a call, you get a call, but like – you're playing you're giving him the game i just can't you're in the nfl and that's the thing like bro these guys are in the national football league went to the highest level of, of college football you, do you when you go to detroit you lose all of your football iq it's just sucked, dude like i was so pissed i wore my lions jersey again i was like all right i'm wearing it on thanksgiving i'm swagged out i'm ready to rock and roll and then like another loss i just threw my jersey off when they gave up that first down It's like this is trash bro it's trash yeah
1: bro. and what's I think the one of the worst parts is like golf was not golfful. He actually no. played a pretty good game, twenty one for twenty five. I mean, how much more do you ask for? No, no interceptions.
0: I, he had a fumble though. He had a big now, fumble. He did. He took. He took, he took way too long. Pitter patter, pitter patter, pitter. Took a fumble. Got sacked. Took a fumble. It's just like God damn it, dude! Like you know what's coming. Like you can't. We were, and there were multiple times in that belt in that game belt where it was first and thirty there were multiple first and thirties because there was holding call after holding call after holding call. Like I, I saw I, on three occasions, it was first, second and third, or and 30 to go. Like, what are we doing here guys? I agree. There was uh, watching that.
1: I remember that game felt like it took forever. And I think it was because there were so many penalties, so many. And, you know, but you also have to think like you did lose your running back. I mean, Swift was out. So, I mean, and Williams did a fine job trying to come in and, and make that up. That's a huge loss, and early in the game, too. So, I don't know. If he stays in, do you win? I don't know. I think, it's, I th- I think you win. But um, it, the penalties, you're absolutely right. I mean, 10, penalty, 10 penalties, the Chicago's five, I mean, the, it's hard to win when Chicago not only has the time of possession, but also is outdoing you in penalties. Um, those, those two things, it's just hard to do.
0: They just suck, dude. Like, it's just such a trash organization. Like, I don't know if you can tell. I'm at a breaking point. Like, I've been pretty hands-off with the Lions. I haven't – like, normally I'd watch every game, like, start to finish. And then I've transitioned to red zone. And then to be back and, like, watch the Lions start to finish on Thursday is just, like, a shot in the face. Like, dude, this team sucks and is so far from being competitive. There are such few pieces that, like, that you can build around. There's Swift – there's Sine Poole, uh, or Pene Sewell, I should say, um, the left tackle who we took in the first mm-hmm. round. And that's pretty much it, dude. You, you like, don't want to build on Josh Reynolds. You can really count on. Like, it's
1: bad. You, you, got, you got TJ Hawkinson.
0: Hawkinson, yeah. I mean, you could build around Hawkinson, I guess. So, I mean, you could. I mean, I could cobble together a couple more. You there's like five guys. Maybe you could build around. That's out of fifty-two, dude. Like, yeah. it's just like a really, really bad roster. And Bob Quinn, the former GM, and Matt Patricia did a terrible job. And Dan Campbell so far is, is not looking good. He looks like he can't handle coaching the NFL.
1: <laughs> You're right. For all the emotion and all the heart, you've got to have some. Uh, you got to have some sort of NFL. Like schemes and like operations about you to be able to win a game. You can't just go in their own heart
0: and bro. How them. do you call back to back timeouts? I didn't even yeah. know that was a penalty. But that's the thing about the lines. If you didn't know something existed, you'll soon you'll soon learn. You know, like. But I thought I've always seen at the end of games people calling timeouts on the field goal situation. But that's not a penalty. I don't. How's that a penalty, dude?
1: <laughs> Accidentally calling a timeout. Or back-to-back timeouts? Is it because they had no timeouts remaining?
0: No, we had a timeout. We had a timeout. Okay. And the thing about it I'm is – I'm confused you know, on that sequence of play. The thing about it is we needed those timeouts if they got one more first down. We use back-to-back timeouts so if they got a first down, the game's over. Just eat the timeouts if they get a first That's down. We up. needed mm-hmm. to try and get the ball back. Like, what are you doing? But, yeah, it's a penalty. You can't call back-to-back timeouts. That's why there was a penalty. And Mike Pereira said normally the official is supposed to ignore it. You're supposed to ignore the second attempt, but not this time.
1: Of oh, course. that is intriguing. Okay, I was on NFL Red Zone, so I wasn't able to watch it live, and I didn't hear that. So that's they the had Red Zone
0: on that. on Thanksgiving Day. I
1: oh, did know. they? Never mind, they didn't. Never mind. I was watching. I was sleeping between the games. Oh man, you're right. I didn't say that part.
0: Well. I digress. I got it off my chest. What was the NFL addiction? Um, Again, this is what me and Bell watch every game that we can. We break it down top to bottom and we point out and we acknowledge the things that we saw that players, coaches, fans, organizations were addicted to um, during this last week of the NFL season.
1: All right. I've actually got four addictions today. Okay, maybe have a buildup from like Thanksgiving and the week off. but I just noticed a lot of trends and things I had to say. Some of them are bigger than others, but my first one. Old Yeller, Big Ben, is addicted to making the most confusing decisions with a football. <laughs> I've never, I, some of the things he does, I'm baffled. And it goes back to what you said. How are you in the NFL? Like You won a Super Bowl. You, you're probably, maybe, possibly a Hall of Famer. But you do the dumbest stuff I've seen. Yeah. If you watch today, oh, I some, some of the stuff he was doing, I was like, why is he in there? Take him out. Take him out. Put anybody else in there. But I mean, some of the things he was it was like, he would go to throw the ball and it was almost as if his arm stopped working in the middle of throwing the ball and it just flopped on the ground. I, I just have never seen the stuff he does before. Or he'll just sling it into like triple coverage. I don't, what is he thinking? What is he doing? Do you have any explanation of the stuff that Big Ben does? I don't. I don't have anything.
0: I think it's like, <laughs> When you're, you know, you're almost 40, Bill, no offense, and I'm 30. <laughs> when you go out and you play pickup basketball and you're like, I can rock with these guys. And you're like kind of moving around pretty well. And then you try going up for like a sick reverse layup that you used to like really do well. And you're like, damn, I don't, I don't got it. He doesn't have that gear. And it's like, I don't, I don't really have it anymore. He's like, I can still do this, bro. You can't, uh, the Bengals beat the Steelers <laughs> 41 to 10, ben them over a barrel, Um big Ben, 24 for 41, 263 yards, and (laughs) – I mean, that essentially – I mean, I know the season is long, but the Steelers move to 5-5-1 five, five and one with that infamous tie against the Detroit Lions. The reason why he's in there, bell is because Mason Rudolph is horrible. I mean, you saw how he played yeah. against the Detroit Lions. He's the best option that they have. But you have to think about – I mean, you'd be better off with Tim Tebow in there or Colin Kaepernick or there's got to be a higher-level backup out there. I mean, even even Mitchell Trubisky, the backup for the for the Bills, like there's got to be someone out there who – can, is more serviceable. Who's got some legs can run around do something because that's just embarrassing, dude. You're the Steelers. You're proud of an organization. Mike Tomlin's never been below 500 like in his career uh, as a, from an entire season perspective. They got walloped today, and the Bengals sort of got their mojo back after we sort of uh, sunk ship, man.
1: We did, and they the Cincinnati Bengals just swept the Pittsburgh Steelers this year. <laughs> what is going Crazy. on? Nuts. And Mixon. Looked like an absolute train. Yeah. He could not be stopped. It was like five, seven yards, eight yards. Oh, a 20-yard. I mean, it was just every time he touched the ball, the dude was either scoring or ripping off a run. He was just unstoppable.
0: Bell, give me another addiction.
1: All right, my next addiction. Here we go. So one thing I noticed in the Carolina game is that for some reason, coaches are addicted to benching Cam Newton they love it I, I mean I went back and started looking at his his history he gets benched he got benched twice in 2020 with New England he started what this is his second game he's already been benched no his third
0: game his third it's game, his third game second star
1: and he's already been benched why uh, he, but then I can go watch um other some other quarterbacks still like three picks four picks and they're still in the game. This dude gets bitched, like, all the time. I'm not saying that they're bitching because they're like – I just don't understand the addiction to benching Cam Newton. But well, let's he, read the stat line, Bill.
0: He's but, five, no, I agree.
1: He was playing terrible.
0: Five for 21, two picks. He had <laughs> almost as many interceptions as completions. Cam Newton can't throw the ball. Like, people are all excited when he came back. He, he can't – his accuracy is shot. He can't complete short throws. He, he just can't. And to give this guy $10 million to come in and just, like – Really p- torpedo your playoff chances. I know he helped win the Carolina or the Arizona game, but they lost this week 33 to 10 against Tua Tunga and the Miami Dolphins. And they lost last week as well. Like, it's not good. And he, like, so now you already created this drama. Okay, you have Sam Darnold who's hurt. So PJ Walker's there. People <laughs> in the, the locker players. room are drawn to Cam Newton because he's swaggy, but bro, the dude can't play. Like, you have to bench him and he has to be the backup.
1: But don't you think like like Zach Wilson, right? This year he threw four picks, and how he was still in the game after throwing four picks. I'm not. I just I I'm not at all coming to Cam Newton's defense. I'm not. I'm just trying to understand why this dude gets benched so much. And I agree. His Stat bro, lines are terrible. Five
0: for twenty, dude, that's <laughs> sixteen incompletions. Like that's that's one out of every four will be completed. Three out of four are not being caught. I absolutely agree with you. Uh, So I think
1: we've we've found out why. But last year, I was looking when he played for New England and he got benched twice then, too, after throwing like a series of picks and like terrible stat numbers, too. So it's just something I noticed in addictions. Coaches just love benching Cam Newton. His own fault.
0: Coaches are addicted to not turning it over, and those players are turning it over.
1: Cam Newton's just always sitting on the bench. Like every every game, he's all right. He's about to get benched.
0: All right, give me your third addiction that you noticed this weekend. All
1: right, um, my third one's kind of a quick one. It's just something I noticed of Jalen Hurts. I like watching him play, and I've come on here and said I love the passion. He plays where he's always trying to do a lot, but he's addicted to being a ball hog. Like they run a lot of read option. There were so many times today I saw him. He should have handed the ball off, and he took it and ran, and it would either be like a two-yard gain or he would lose yardage. It's like try to trust other guys around you. You have other players, other playmakers. Stop trying to do it all on your own. Like You don't have to have the ball in your hand doing it all every time. Stop being addicted to being a ball hog. Give the ball to someone else. They lost today, and to me, this he's had other losses, but today I'll put it on him because I looked – and it was just him trying to do too much. There were other opportunities. He could have made plays. And he just, like I said, just pulled the ball and would run and get hit when he could have handed off to Miles Sanders or uh, Scott or somebody, but he didn't.
0: And the Giants beat the Eagles 13-7. to 7. And to me, this was the biggest sucker bet of all time. A lot of people were on the Eagles who came off a big win last week. And a lot of people were down on the Giants who got absolutely drubbed by the Buccaneers the last week as well. I'm always big on – if a team gets embarrassed on one week, like, usually they're going to fight. Especially if they're at home, they're not going to lay down the, the next week. Like, teams usually don't get blown out in consecutive weeks, especially if they're coming home. And you knew they're the retiring Michael Strahan's number. Like, the Giants would come out and play hard, and they held the Eagles to seven points. Like, you have to give credit to the Giants. I think the Giants are not very good. And clearly, you know, when we watched Daniel Jones play against the Bucks last year or last week and throw one of the worst interceptions i've ever seen he just threw the ball to a defensive lineman who was on his knees that was god awful i mean he's 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 really really bad i mean this whole segment addictions was started because of daniel jones being addicted to turning the ball over and that still remains to be true we need to get him in AA. we need to host an intervention bell because this addiction is strong with mr daniel jones but it did not come up today he must have had you know his seventh step meeting because he was able to protect the ball this afternoon
1: Nice job. Nice job. Way to get off that addiction train. We're not talking about you here today. And you get that W. And I was all on Philly last week. I, th- I thought it was like, all oh, right, Philly, that's, they're the truth. I believe in them now. And then you come out here and, like, the run game was totally shut down by that Giants defense.
0: My last addiction, and then we'll get to yours, was that the officials in the Raiders-Cowboys game were addicted to throwing that flag. We have – 28 penalties for 276 yards. That's asinine. Every time you look around, and this is a pandemic, and this is something that we've seen throughout, and you and I have been on so much. You can't even celebrate a play anymore. You have to wait like five seconds to make sure, are there no flags? Like, that happened in the Michigan State game. Like, the touchdown, I didn't see any yellow flag. And then 10 seconds later, oh, there's a holding call. Like, and the thing that is like the worst and, and in this game, the Raiders beat um, the Dallas Cowboys in overtime um, 36 to 33. And Derek Carr played pretty well, but the, the game sort of hinged it. There was a long third down play and Derek Carr threw the ball up to, I believe it was Zay Jones. And what quarterbacks do now is they underthrow a lot of these throws to try and draw contact. Like for the defensive back, it's nearly impossible because they're trying to, the guy's turning around and the ball's under and they have to like stop on a dime. It's just like, They have to figure out a new way to legislate that rule because it's really punitive. And Dallas lost the game. That was a 35 yard penalty. And, you know, Dallas, in my opinion, probably should have won that game. Um, Just they they seem to be the better team. But, uh, you know, the Raiders were able to get it done again, winning by three points in overtime.
1: That game, honestly, you're right. 100%. We've been on this all year. The, The referees are just, they love a good penalty. And I was watching college football this weekend. It was even on a good kickoff return, you're just waiting for it. If there's a big yeah. play downfield, you're waiting for it. It's just – it breaks up the game. It makes it take longer, and it's just not as much fun. I think I texted you today, like, these penalties are ridiculous. Like, I was watching Red Zone, it. was like every time I flipped over, there's a referee standing in the screen explaining a, a penalty. And yeah. I'm over it. I'm tired of seeing it. That, I was laughing when you were reading off that stat because that was so ridiculous to hear how many penalty yards and how many penalties there were in that game. And it's not – honestly, both those teams, they're not terrible. So you're not talking about, like, the Texans and the Jets or something where, like, you expect that. They're, like, playoff-caliber teams. You don't – you're, like, looking for stuff at that point um, in my eyes. But it was still a good game. Um, I do want to add a little bit before we move on. There was – if you haven't seen it yet, um, you go on and – there was a fight after the game among fans. Um, (laughs) The Raiders and the Cowboys got into a scrap in the concessions – after the game and it was people just it was weird when you see people in the stands like when they fight all bets are off like you could be sitting there (laughs) winning your fight and a dude just just clobbers you in the back of the head it just it doesn't no they come from everywhere the punches the kicks so I would never fight in a football game ever because you no. may be doing really well, and then the dude had like three buddies that you didn't know he had, and then you're just getting kicked in the teeth. So, so be careful if you ever go to a game and fight because it did not turn out well for some of the fans that fought in the Cowboys Raiders game afterwards.
0: Also, can you imagine going to work on Monday? They're like, "Dude, what happened to you? <laughs> like, uh, why do you have a black eye? I was that the football game? Had fight? Be like, you're fired, dude. Like, you're not working here. Like, you're you're degenerate." <laughs>
1: Yeah, you can't do that. Like, you cannot. I mean, how do you explain yourself? You're, you're, you got in a fight after an NFL football game. What, what are you arguing about? You're arguing you're about totally the field terrible. goal that the Raiders made? Like, what?
0: what? So, all right, give me your last NFL addiction from right. the week 12 of the NFL season.
1: My last one. And I had to kind of go back to what you've said time and time again about Matthew Stafford. Here we go. And I was on him big. I, I'll go ahead and eat the crow. I said that, like, I I believe in Matthew Stafford. But I should have known early in the season, and I learned from you, being a Detroit Lions fan, you know Matthew Stafford better than I do. And so Matthew Stafford is addicted to throwing a good old pick six. He loves it. That's his favorite kind of pick. Like, he's like, you know what, guys? Um, I've thrown some good passes here. We're in this game. It's time, baby. It's time for that pick six. He's thrown three in the last three games. (laughs) He threw one today. And it's just – unbelievable so it made me go back and look and see the who in the NFL uh, the record for most pick sixes he's got 25 pick sixes 25 okay that is a lot okay here's his company though this may be this may be good for him the only people who are above him are Brett Favre, Dan Reno, Joe Namath, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning and Philip Rivers so you're in good company right Oh, Phil
0: Revs loved a pick six back in the
1: day. Loved it. You live the for it. problem with that is, is that Matthew Stafford has not been in the league as long as they were. So he has a good chance of catching some of these guys. So I was going to put it out there. if um, If you're a Rams fan, just get ready for it. It's coming. You guys are going to the playoffs. He's going to throw a few. Just know it's coming. He can't help it. He's throwing three. I can't believe that. He's throwing three in the last three games. That's pretty yeah. bad.
0: I mean, the one he threw today was not very good. And, and this was probably – so the, the game that Bell is referencing here is the Green Bay Packers played the Los Angeles Rams in Lambeau. And the Packers really took care of business. Randall Cobb had some really nice plays. It looked like it was 10 years ago. And the Packers won 36-28. to 28. And, again, this is a, an issue that we had presented at the beginning of the season is can Los Angeles run the ball and 68 yards rushing, again, that's not going to be enough. They're relying so heavily on throwing the ball that you can sort of sit back and drive on a lot of those underneath routes. I know that they – I mean, he hit on some big ones. He hit Odell on a really nice uh, long throw, and he hit Van Jefferson on a sweet, skinny post. But, you know, his – Matthew Stafford's ultimate flaw is – there's always just that little component missing and that's continues to be the case. And I know that everyone was on the Rams saying they're Super Bowl contenders and Sean McVay never seen the, has never seen a quarterback like this, but you know, I mean, it's very clear that Jared Goff is extremely limited and I can imagine from Sean McVay's perspective, having to deal with that for three years was infuriating because Goff is really bad. He's really, really bad. Matthew Stafford is clearly an upgrade. Um, I don't, think he can get you to the Super Bowl unless you have a team it'll have to be the defense has to like play much much better and that has not been the case like the Rams have been really really soft against the run throughout this entire year and it seems like if you're committed to running the ball against the Rams you can win and that happened last Monday night when the San Francisco 49ers just bullied the Rams up and down the field They're like hey bro we're running it right down your throat you're not stopping us. And to have Aaron Donald and you know Leonard Floyd and Von Miller and all these guys they are saying, hey, come at us. You guys want to rush the passer? No, we're going to run it right down your throat, and you're just going to take it and like it.
1: Yeah, I'm worried about them moving forward. And you're right. There's different levels of worry. There's Matthew Stafford you're worried about. There's the defense who – Coming in, I did not think that I was going to be that concerned with them. But after what I've been seeing recently, it's looking bad. I mean, it's, I was really pumped about this game, you know, the Rams, Packers. I picked the Packers because it was not being Green Bay, and I thought you just don't go – typically yep. you don't go to Green Bay and beat them at this time of the year. Um, but I wanted – I really at the year. I was all on Matthew Stafford, and I told you that. And I, I thought that he would – Be he he obviously like you just said was is an upgrade from golf no doubt about it I think I think he is I just don't know what they can do with the run game because the run game does set up the pass and now you have it's
0: cold yeah
1: right yeah run the rock you know I'm all about it and they tried it's not that they didn't give up on it they did run sixteen Daryl Henderson did have sixteen carries for fifty five yards which is not a lot how do you keep going to him right you really can't. If but then they had
0: Michelle the for three for 14 like they have 20 carries for 68 yards that's 3.4 yards of pop like just it ain't it ain't cranking bro
1: it's not could you would you have though if i look at like Mich- sony michelle's numbers and he had three carries 14 yards he was averaging almost five yards a carry at what point do you start like all right you know the hot hand is not Daryl henderson let's go to sony michelle um like i always
0: geez. felt like Sean McVay's offense is predicated on running the outside zone like they were at their mm-hmm. best when they had Todd Gurley like running and then they could do everything off the jet motion and everything off play action like if you can't run the ball and I know like Kyle Shanahan and all those guys say, so are like well we don't we can just the, the fake of it itself it, it will make the defense you know remain honest I just don't think that's true like if they know like hey he might get some yardage running it but we're really worried about play action behind us like Like when San Francisco was running the ball against Los Angeles, they had to come down and try and get a stop because they were cranking it down their throat. And like this, they're just kind of soft as far as being able to run the ball.
1: Yeah. And on the flip side, like you just mentioned, Green Bay not only threw the ball all over the field, they were running the ball down their throat too. You had A.J. Dillon 20 for 69 and Aaron Jones for 10 for 23. I mean, that's, I'm okay with that. Like, I know he's getting
0: his legs back a little bit, too, coming mm-hmm. off an uh, MCL injury. So, you know, 2.3 yards per carry, I'm sure he'll be better moving forward.
1: Yeah, and I'll take the 3.5 yards per carry, but you ran it 20 times, so you let the defense know that, hey, the run is still a threat. Yeah. And if you don't let them know that the, the run's a threat, then they're not going to be looking for it. They're going to pin their airs back, and you're looking at blitz after blitz. You're looking at all kinds of different schemes. You're, just not, you're not setting up your pass at all.
0: It was, I mean, it actually kind of didn't really live up to the expectation. Green Bay really didn't. had the lead and it never really felt like Los Angeles was threatening. And it's just like, I don't know, the Rams shouldn't be in LA, dude. They should be in St. Louis. Like, both of these LA teams just don't feel like real teams because you just moved them there a couple of years ago and, like, people don't really care about either of them. Like, the fans are really just celebrities who go there for photo ops. Like, it's just like, if my, I lost my team, like, if the Lions left Detroit, they probably should. I wouldn't root for them if they were in, Austin, Texas, or Seattle, or wherever, you know, Saskatchewan. You know what I mean? Like, never don't have real fans.
1: No, I wouldn't either. Like, if it was the, the Baltimore Falcons, I'm not like, oh, yeah, go to Baltimore Falcons. I'm going to go for every team they put in here. That's who would be my team.
0: Yeah, that's a loser move, dude. That's a simp move. It's just like
1: <laughs> – it's, <laughs> it's that's just like – I mean, a game we're probably going to get to tonight is the Browns and you know, the Ravens. There's a good history there, right? Yeah, And. Yeah. And you like that because the Cleveland Browns say, you know what? No, we're going to keep cheering for our Cleveland team because they're in Cleveland. We're not all of a sudden going to be different fans.
0: All right, that wraps up our NFL addictions. Let's move into some more games that we left out. First and foremost, Tampa Bay Buccaneers take care of business against the Indianapolis Colts. Bell, this was a game of two two halves. First half, Colts were up 24-14 and got the ball in the second half and were threatened. It's like, damn, dude, they're about to be up – 31-14. Thirty one fourteen. They're gonna be up seventeen points. Carson Wentz in the first half had three touchdowns. He only had three incompletions. He was balling. I just happened to pick against Carson Wentz in this game because I've picked the Buccaneers for this eliminator pool that I'm in. And I was like, I need a Wentz turnover. And lo and behold, we get a we get a strip sack fumble. Wentz, bam, buck score. Then we get a big interception. Bam, another Wentz interception. It's just like, all right, boom. Wentz gave us what we needed. He gave us the turnovers, and that's what he continues to do. And, Bell in in a game where Jonathan Taylor last week comes off five touchdowns against the Buffalo Bills, this week they decide to have Carson Wentz throw the ball 44 times and ultimately lose to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay scores um, a go-ahead touchdown. Leonard Fournette scores his third touchdown. Uh, his fourth touchdown of the day he had four total touchdowns he had a long run to break it off to essentially seal it and i don't understand the game plan here The, the bucks win 38 31 why would they not pound the rock with jonathan taylor they finally did on the last drive when they really needed it he ends up with 83 yards 55 of them were on the final drive why would you not pound that guy and i know tampa bay's got a good defense but like this guy was just making an MVP case the previous week, and now you're going to trust the game in Carson Wentz's hands, throws two picks, has a strip fumble as well. I mean, that's on coaching, bro.
1: Yeah. Um, this, what I put in my notes too was I think that the Colts got outcoached or they outcoached themselves. So, like, you you, you develop a game plan going into the game. And you say, okay, this is what we're going to do. And they decided that we're sticking to the game plan. Because, like you said, they looked at it and said, well, Tampa Bay's got a you know, lockdown run defense, so let's, let's put in – Carson's hands. He's, you know, he's fully capable in their game plan, and they just never navigated for that because they saw it was working the, the first half, and they didn't make any halftime adjustments, and they continued to be stubborn and stick with that game plan. I don't agree with it, but sometimes I think as a coaching staff, all right, this is what we prep for. This is our game plan. This is what we're running, and I think they got in the trap. And I put it in my notes too. They exactly is a tell the of first half, two halves. I said Wince played well until he didn't, and that's yeah. like you just said. We've been saying all year. This I knew. I think we all knew it was coming. Like at some point, there was going to be a wince state that cost them that game. You're just a matter of time. And Tampa Bay is not the team that you want to do that against because they have Tom Brady. And if you give him any opportunity, he's going he's going to make you pay for it.
0: And Indy had a really big muffed punt as well. Like they just really gave it away. They really did. But that's what Tom Brady does. He will capitalize if you give him a chance. He will capitalize.
1: Every time. And, you know, it wasn't even like a, a big day for like a lot of like it was more of a Leonard Fournette day for me. Like oh, every yeah. time I look, every time I saw it, it, was like Leonard Fournette was going into the end zone. And it's just wild to think that that it's almost like a career resurgence he's had since he's been with Tampa Bay. Um, and it's it's nice to see. I wish I had picked him up on fantasy. I did not. So missed out on that today. But awesome day for him.
0: Speaking of Tom Brady, let's talk about his former team, the New England Patriots. They win again. They're 8 and 4. They beat the Tennessee Titans 36-13. Um, the Patriots dude are just like hateable to me. Like I really like Bill Belichick, but just their team, it's just more so their fan base. Like to me, my hatred of, of teams really hinges on their their fans. Their fans are just annoying. dude. they're entitled, they're loud, they're obnoxious. Patriots get the win, 36-13. Defense looks good. Mac Jones is, is doing a pretty good job. He he threw a pick six, but the guy dropped it. Like, it was going to be a walk in the end zone pick six. The mystique seems to be there with the Patriots. How far can they go? I don't know. They have a big matchup coming up against Buffalo. They played them twice. And that will be really intriguing to see how good this team actually is.
1: They are annoying. Um, obviously, I have a history with, with them. <laughs> and Bill Belichick, they do annoy me. And watching them play, it's just – it's not exciting. It's lukewarm, but it gets the job done. It's almost like yeah. watching the Georgia Bulldogs, right? Yeah. They're not doing anything flashy. They're running the ball. They're throwing the ball. There's no stars. It's just you're running a great system and it's working. Um, and I I get it. It wins games. I mean, we've, what? They've won six straight now and they just. But it was Tennessee, man. The Tennessee's beat up. They can't even compete. Yeah. They've lost everybody. So, like, I don't yeah. take too much away from that win other than Tennessee. Like, New England is continuing to roll, but the Tennessee Titans, a feel for them because they were a strong playoff candidate. And now, man, they, they are looking, they're in bad shape, real bad shape.
0: I mean, they're still eight and four. They are third um, right now. They're only a game out. I mean, they're it's Baltimore's one with seven wins. Like they're all, they're right in the running there. You know what I mean? Like it's not, it's not over. I mean, there's uh, reports that Henry might come back for week 17 like so, it's it's not doomsday. Just you know, sort of tread water, make the playoffs, let your guy get healthy, rely on him in the playoffs, see how far he can take you.
1: That's a good point. Yeah, they do need some players to get healthy. If they got to get healthy before the playoffs, or yeah. if they're going to be one and done, I think
0: in the playoffs. All right, next we have the Denver Broncos. I feel like the Denver Broncos are your like pseudo team. The Denver Broncos win again. They beat the Chargers twenty eight thirteen. They move to six and five on the air. They are firmly in playoff contention, Randy Bell. I mean they're they're still on the outside looking in, but they're not far off. They're they're tied with Los Angeles Chargers and right behind the Raiders. So it's the the Chargers are seventh, the Raiders are eighth, Browns are ninth, Broncos are tenth. All those teams have six wins. And you know, hey, that's all you can ask for. Teddy two gloves gets it done. He had a little injury, but your boy Drew Locke came in and, and the Broncos are they're not they're not giving up.
1: They're not. And, and we're gonna we're gonna go back to this a little bit later. But here we are again. Look at that. Teddy Bridgewater doesn't have to do anything amazing, right? He just comes in, he game manages, he has his two gloves, he doesn't put you in a bad position. And guess what you do? You run the rock. You run it, you run it, you run it, you run it. And it works because you just bleed time off the clock. As long as you're keeping the offense, the other team's offense on the sidelines and you're controlling the game, it's gonna be you're putting them in a position where they have to score fast to keep up with you. And I, and it might be a boring way to win, but when you're sitting there watching like Melvin Gordon ripping off five yards of carry, and then uh, Javante Williams coming in, he's ripping off almost four yards of carry. I mean, it, you that's hard to stop, and that's so frustrating for a defense. It just wears you down, wears you down, and that's why I like. That's why I said early on. I think and it was one of my hot takes earlier this season that Denver would win the division. I'm not saying I'm not coming off that yet, but I will say they are very and I, I think I mentioned this too, I feel like they're one of the most complete, one of the more complete teams. I don't mean that Teddy Bridgewater is a superstar. I'm not saying Gordon is like an MVP. I'm saying that they have pieces. They're consistently doing their job. And sometimes that's
0: all you need. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, that, I feel like that is your pseudo team though. Would you agree? Like that's like your sort of backup team, Denver Broncos for whatever reason.
1: Um, I do enjoy watching them. I have a little bad history with them just from the Falcons and the Super Bowl, but that was our own undoing, so I can't hate them for it. That was a great team they had. I mean, you're going to beat John Elway and and, Terrell – Terrell Davis. Terrell Davis. You're not going to beat them. So, like, I don't feel I have any problems. That was our first Super Bowl. Um, But I do do enjoy watching them play only because it's very consistent, whereas other teams like Buffalo, one week they're blowing people out. The next week they're barely – they're like – Getting beat like by stupid teams, so I, I don't know I like the consistency with Denver.
0: We won't waste a minute on this game. The Toilet bowl of the week. The Jets played the Texans. The Jets. The Jets win. The Jets actually have three wins on this season. They win twenty-one to fourteen. We really don't need to talk about this game. Congratulations to the Jets.
1: Yeah, good job. Yeah, I have nothing. <laughs> I literally in my notes. I think only thing I put down in my notes was. Yeah, I, don't even, I didn't even take a note on this game. <laughs> Usually I take notes in every game. I just had nothing to say about this game.
0: Um, this one hurts. The 49ers beat the Vikings 34-26. to The Vikings were just plagued with turnovers. Cousins had a pick. Delvin Cook had a bad fumble in their own territory. Um, they had a, Minnesota had the ball with about you know, 11 minutes to go in the fourth quarter on um, the 49ers' four-yard line. Fourth fourth and goal, they were not able to punch it in and ultimately fall short. So that was a really big game. Uh, they both team for 5-5 five and five going into that. Obviously, you know San Francisco gets the edge there. Both are still in playoff contention in Bell. Your Super Bowl pick <laughs> of the San Francisco 49ers, that was my pick too. They're starting to round into the form. They are back in the playoff picture. As of today, both San Francisco and Minnesota would be in the playoffs, followed by – your beloved Atlanta Falcons are sitting right outside of the playoffs, buddy.
1: It, it's a wild, it's a wild day. I, I, I was, I couldn't wait to get on here and just tell you that I have not hit the eject button. I told you a few <laughs> weeks ago that we were getting really close. Like I, you know, we were talking about the hypothetical of the plane's about to crash, right? My yeah. San Francisco forty-hour solo plane. We haven't hit the eject button. We're still afloat. I'm still in it. I told you I'm not jumping off of it yet, even though you, We talked about we were saying that. You know, I've learned a lot. You gain more knowledge. You want me to come off the pick? And I told you it was about time, but I just wasn't ready quite yet to hit it. And here we are, here's San Francisco sitting at six and five. Um, We'll see. It's tough for me to – I hated picking them, just Kyle Shanahan. Like, oh, man, you know, the history with the Falcons. But – they're looking better and better, no doubt about it. I still don't know if Jimmy G. <laughs> I don't know, man. Sometimes, like, just keep handing the ball off. Quit. Don't. Don't. Yep. Like, can we reduce how much he throws it? Can we go even below? He threw 20, 17 for twenty six. Can we go like, I don't know, ten for twenty? Like, quit letting him throw it. Just hand it off. Let Debo Samuel Samuel run, even though he got a little banged up today. Whoever it is,
0: him going yeah, down was weird. weird.
1: Yeah, that's what I said, too. I was watching. I was like, I didn't see. They did show the replay, and I saw nothing that was like, ooh, that hurt. It's just like he fell over.
0: Yeah, that was weird.
1: But um, Mitchell looks good. 27 for 133 and a touchdown. <laughs> I'll take that all day. That's fantastic.
0: They got healthy, and they found their groove. They're able to run the ball. I mean, again, run the ball, and you have a chance, especially when it gets colder, dude. I just That's the thing about the NFL season is you can get better, and you can grow. And um, so, yeah. 49ers get the win. Good for them. Um, they're getting better. They're in the. They're in not as tough a division as we thought. Arizona obviously is really good, but the Rams clearly are beatable. And Sean McVay has lost four straight to the 49ers. So clearly, um, Kyle Shanahan has his number. What, I know they're good buddies and used to work together back for the Washington Football Team, but something's going on there.
1: Yeah, something is. Um, and I just want to move on for this game. Going back to running the rock, you only ran the ball seven. Actually, if you're altogether 18 times if you're if you're minnesota that's a yep. Delmon cook it, it, hey, but hey, i know he got hurt which was, was like a bad injury um, yeah even, but even that when i went down awkward i couldn't tell where the injury occurred i know he went off on the cart but i couldn't exactly tell what was in there did you have a
0: follow-up for, with that no i it looked like a hamstring how he was hamstring? holding it like okay. he didn't like it. it didn't look like there was a knee tearing type situation you know, not look like uh, soft tissue almost from my medical professional opinion.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> I know all the players are taking a knee and I was like, oh, I remember that when I was in like high school football and like they're like a bad injury, you all take a knee.
0: <laughs> um, we normally talk about our teams first, but I got so carried away just pissing on the Lions that we didn't talk about your Falcons. Again, we mentioned they're right outside of the playoff picture. They take care of business. They beat the Jacksonville Jaguars today 21 14. Jacksonville again had the ball late with a chance to tie our win. Ultimately, Trevor Lawrence falls short. Uh, but, dude, Cordell Earl Patterson, I text you this every week. He's a stud, dude. When you have him, I know you lost last week without him against the Panthers, I believe. Uh, when you, no, who did you, you get blown out by? The, New England. The Cowboys and then New England. When you don't have Patterson, it's rough. When you have Patterson, you got a shot. And you're a fringe playoff team. So you, congratulations on the win today, my friend.
1: Yeah, I've got one line. I, I don't want to get too excited. It's cool that we won. Patterson's a beast. Jacksonville's bad. That's all I put. That's all we got. I I can't take a lot from this win. It's just
0: You're crazy, Pat- dude. I mean, you never enjoy the highs. You're always on the lows. You just won. You got you're you're right in the playoff picture.
1: Do you see our remaining schedule? We've talked through this. We've talked through picking out where our next wins are. Great, so and- you have
0: five wins right now. You mm-hmm. play the Bucs at home. You could potentially win that game. I could, see some, I could see some chicanery going on that, that this next Sunday. I could see something happening.
1: You are seeing something different than I'm seeing. But, like, cool, yeah, yeah, let's take that. All right, cool, maybe.
0: Panthers, that's a dub, easily. So now you're at seven.
1: Now so. it is, now it is, yes, I agree. We'll beat the Panthers. I agree with you on that one.
0: 49ers Perfect. on the road, you probably mm-hmm. lose. Mm-hmm. Lions at home, easy win. Now you're at eight wins. Felt, Bills on the road, probably lost. But then you have the Saints at home. You're looking at potentially nine wins, and if you don't count the Bucs game, eight wins. You may that may be enough to get in the playoffs. I, I, w- I, w-
1: I will go with you on this. That coming in this season, if if you told me we had a shot at nine wins, man, I would be just so elated, so excited. Because coming in, I picked us for six wins, and uh, at the top of our sh- uh, it's the beginning of our the season this year, top of our show, I said that. You know, we might win six games. I pick those out. Nine, if we get to nine, th- that is, that's an amazing season for this team. Um, I don't think we will – If we, even if we go, I don't see us making a deep run, but you're right. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's cool just to be – in. you know, still our season's not over. That's a cool feeling.
0: So, yeah, you got to take the good when it comes.
1: I do. You're right. I, I forget to celebrate the victories on the way. I think it's just being a jaded Falcons fan for so long. It's just hard to get excited. Even when I watched the Super Bowl that time with you, I just couldn't get up. It was twenty eight three and I couldn't get up. I could not allow
0: myself to be excited. So all right, Bill. That leads us to one of my one of our newer segments, but one of my favorite ones, and that's our house on fire bet of the week. And that bet is this. We look at our schedule for week twelve. I guess it would be week 13. We 13, look at the next mm-hmm. week's schedule, and I give you three games, and you say, hey, you can put your mortgage on this, your mortgage payment. You're good. You could. It, it, it's gonna. If, if, if it hits, mortgage is paid off. If it doesn't hit, your house is being set on fire. The last time we did this, you said Tampa Bay would take care of business against the New York Jets, and lo and behold, your house mortgage was paid off.
1: <laughs> the house that I burned down the previous week. <laughs> my second house mortgage is paid. So right now I have one burned down house, and I have one house the mortgage has been paid. I can't wait to see what you got for me this week. I love this segment. I'm excited.
0: So this is really easy. So I'm going to throw this one away because this is. Ch- I'm going to give you four, and I'm yeah, I was really going to. From three. Okay. So the first one that we're throwing away that this legitimately is house on fire. You could put if you wanted to, you could put your mortgage payment on this money line. That's Jacksonville is playing Los Angeles chart. Los Angeles Rams at home. Oh, mm. That's that's easy money. That that yeah. that's house on fire. Your I'll throw house. That out. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's easy. Yeah. So that's being thrown out. Okay. So I'm gonna give you three. Okay. So the three that I have are this. First and foremost, you have the Eagles playing the New York Jets in New York. Okay, Minnesota Vikings playing the Detroit Lions in Detroit. Or lastly, the Indianapolis Colts playing the Houston Texans in Houston. All of those are road games. The, the favorites are the road. What are you putting your house on? I know who I would, but I'll, I'll, let me get your, your thoughts here.
1: I'm putting my money, my mortgage on Jonathan Taylor and the Indianapolis Colts going to the Houston Texans and beating Houston Texans. I think if I look at the Eagles, no way I'm putting any mortgage on that team at all. They are who knows what they're going to do. Who knows from week to week who they are. And then my other game was
0: the Lions playing the Vikings at home.
1: I'm not messing around with that because that's a conference game. I don't like to mess with a, with a, with a, I don't mind a conference game. I don't like it when it's a conference road team at, you know, a road team. I don't want to pick them at five and six after what I just saw. The Lions are still scrappy. You can't tell me that those players in that locker room don't want to get a win. If they can come in here and get one against the Vikings, they will. So I'm going Colts at Texans. What was yours?
0: Lions. I'd take them all day. I'd I'd take them all day. I'd put two mortgages on it, two mortgage payments. (laughs) I put my neighbor's mortgage on it as well. (laughs) Come here, Bob. I put my whole damn neighborhood on it. Like, hey, guys, (laughs) (laughs) mortgage is getting paid off and we're burning this bitch to the ground. We'll see what happens.
1: Oh, man. No, I just think the Colts, they're going to bounce back and say, you know what? We didn't run enough last week. We're going to run it down the Texans
0: throat. So, Bill, when you look at the schedule, and I think this could probably, we could just base our game off this. When you look at the schedule, they say how low you can get tickets for. Guess how Cheap of a ticket you can get for your House on Fire bet of the week. The, how much do you think it would cost you? The lowest ticket you could get for a game in Houston.
1: So I, I want to go to the Houston game and watch my House on Fire game. Uh, yeah.
0: Eighty dollars. Nine. Nine dollars.
1: Did Tickets. you just <laughs> a single digit number? You just said nine.
0: Tickets as low as nine. Stop. <laughs>
1: nine dollars oh man you can't even fill up
0: your gas tank
1: (laughs) and they're not even sold out at nine dollars oh man come on take a field trip there's gotta be a school out there that needs needs a little field trip like come on corporate offices buy that up babe come on sell it out
0: All right, let's move on to our next segment, which is three and out. So, after we've oh, yeah. talked everything that we've talked about, we've watched all of week 12, you come up with three questions. It's first and 10, Bell, what's your first big question for me?
1: Oh, I love these three questions. So, my first question is going to be a little like college football and NFL mix, okay? okay? So, what, if anything, should be done about faking injuries on the field?
0: So, I know this hits near and dear to your heart because. <laughs> allegedly old miss kept doing it against tennessee but <laughs> i just don't think there's anything you can do about it like it's just a losing battle to get into that argument i just you know just it's kind of letter of the law i you have to ignore it. it's ignore it's annoying when people doing it when you're playing tempo but it's just not a good place that you want to be in like because what if someone actually is her it's just not a place that you want to be into litigating you just have to kind of I don't think it's as uh, I mean, did you see it happen a lot this week? I didn't see it. The, I mean, I just think of the Tennessee-Old Miss game, but I don't see anything otherwise.
1: No, it happened again in the Egg Bowl, so that's why I brought it up too. So it's um, an
0: Old Miss strategy.
1: It's an Old Miss thing. You're I just a
0: link it Let it go. Let it go.
1: <laughs> I, tried to, I tried to scoot it in like an NFL thing, but I was making this question. I was like, it really doesn't happen in the NFL anymore, but I really want to get this question out there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for uh, attempting to answer that for me. All right. Next question. Who? Second down. Here we are. Second down. Who, if anybody, do you have as a revised MVP candidate? It's been twelve weeks. Do you have a revised MVP candidate? Or are you sticking to your guns?
0: So, at the beginning of the year, I said Patrick Mahomes, and obviously, he was not off to the greatest <laughs> start. But he's sort of changed it around. His statistics haven't been that great. We thought Kyler Murray maybe may have sort of uh, acclimated himself. Jonathan Taylor looked to be there last week. I think if you're going to pick anybody, it really is boiling down to right now, can Kyler Murray come back? It's it's Brady or Rodgers. I mean, the Packers look amazing. I said two weeks ago, you know, regardless of what the COVID situation, Aaron Rodgers showed that he's the most valuable to his team. And I think Tom Brady is the same thing. He is that organization. They He exudes confidence. And like, they knew they were going to be the Colts It's like, well, we're down 17 almost like we're down 14. Uh, we're down 10. It's all right. We got this. Like they'll make a mistake and we'll come up with the play when we need it. It's one of those two guys. It has to be.
1: I couldn't agree with you more. I was standing there watching uh, before he came out. I was just watching the game and all I could think was, dang, man, I can't, not a big fan of Rogers, but I respect how good this man is. Same with Tom and Brady. Like, so good, dude. He's so, so good. good. It's almost so annoying. Like Just like when I was watching Alabama-Auburn this weekend, like it's annoying how good teams are. It's like you just know they're going to win no matter what's going on. Just like yeah. we mentioned with Tom Brady, you just kind of know. Like 14, 17, ah, whatever. <laughs> we're still in this game. Yeah, we're good. All right, third down. Here we go. Given your choice for a quarterback, do you pick a game manager or a gunslinger at QB?
0: gunslinger all day i pick a gunslinger i pick josh allen matt stafford you know regardless of their flaws i can't stand dink and dunk football <laughs> i just can't do it dude. like i know that you'd rather see it but i'd rather see the turnovers and like the, the explosive plays
1: yeah And it does make for more exciting football absolutely i agree with that
0: i mean if i'm presumably watching the Lions, they're gonna lose anyway so like i'd rather see that than jared goff dink down to josh reynolds for six yards like <laughs> sling it bro let it loose let's go
1: <laughs> let it lose <laughs> I love it all right fourth down to you
0: so fourth down I have a question for you mm-hmm. knowing what you know now and we don't know what will happen next week little spin on it who will be the four college football teams in the playoffs that will be announced next Sunday oh
1: uh, all right so you obviously have to go Georgia is going to be there the obvious ones are going to be Georgia Alabama that means that leaves you with two spots right
0: well, I'm, Georgia and Alabama play each other in the SEC. Oh, championship. you're talking about
1: next Sunday after the oh, sorry, after yes. the championship yes. games. My apologies. Okay, I understand. Um, I am going to say that Georgia's in Alabama after a while, I so saw against Auburn. I know it's the rivalry game. I haven't been impressed with them all year. I, even though I'm impressed with Nick Saban and who he is as a coach, I just think that Georgia's. I just haven't seen a lot of chinks in the armor. Their offense is kind of like boring to watch, but it wins. And so, say Georgia's going to win. Alabama's out. I think, mm, man, Uh, Michigan—they have to be in because they're going to. I think they're going to win the Big Ten championship. Um, So they're in. I—I'll be honest with you. I think Cincinnati is in a scrap with Houston. They barely—they didn't early. They did beat ECU pretty bad, but early on was pretty competitive. Houston could put up some points. Oh man. I think I don't think Cincinnati makes it. I think they get upset by Houston. Wow. So that would put that would mean that I have Georgia, I have Michigan, I think Notre Dame sneaks in. And Oklahoma how, State. I was gonna my last team just from what I watched this weekend, they played Baylor. Baylor didn't I mean you can stop Baylor's offense with that defense. I think Oklahoma State
0: sneaks in. Wow. That'd be cool. Good Jersey matchup. Some different teams in there. I think Cincinnati will probably get in, but we'll see what happens next weekend. But let's wrap up this week. Mm-hmm. Let's end with our hottest take. After I've watched everything, I am having some bad feelings because I think my hottest take is that it looks like the Packers are going to win Super Bowl.
1: Wow. Yeah. I said to have silence for a minute because <laughs> I acknowledge what you're saying i don't want it to be true me either but i i'm like trying to fight for a comeback i got nothing dude i got nothing
0: to <laughs> they argue look so about. complete dude they look so good out there like just like god damn it dude
1: they do and it's oh it's so annoying it's like grits your teeth annoying but like we said aaron Rodgers is um uh, yeah, he's pretty good. And he's got Devontae Adams, and he's – who, who can stop that man? I don't know. I, I think that's a spot-on hot take. Now, I don't even know what to say after that hot take because <laughs>
0: – Should we shut it down after that? That's just yeah. A- after dude, I got <laughs>
1: – I don't know what else to say. I was going to go on for a little rant with my key takeaway, but I, it's really – I think we can end there because I have nothing. And just those few words, Green Bay will win the Super Bowl – and then that, me not not having anything to say back to that is scary.
0: And then that will put Aaron Rodgers at another echelon as far as his all time you know ranking. You know we you and I did a podcast over a year ago mm-hmm. where we ranked our top ten quarterbacks of all time, and we talked about the resumes of each of them. And we both oh, yeah. had them in in the top ten. But obviously, his playoff success has always been sort of his limiting factor. If he gets a second Super Bowl, you know now we're talking about he's a top five quarterback of all time. You know, I mean, just with his skill set and how good he is. I think we both had around eight or nine. This pushes him up a level. I mean, this probably allows him to potentially surpass Peyton Manning. You know, like that's, that's sort of what we're talking about here when we see if he's able to get a Super Bowl here.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, and then watching him recently with the whole COVID stuff and then the whole toe thing or whatever yeah. weird thing that was, watching him, it did make me go back and go, okay, so it kind of go start going through my head. They're going to the playoffs. Their division, I thought the Vikings or somebody, Vikings might give them a little competition. I don't think that anymore. They beat th- them
0: last week, though. Like I said, that did yeah, happen. Yeah,
1: I know. I know. But like, I just, at home, too. Kirk Cousins
0: outdueled Aaron yeah. Rodgers. Yeah, led we were all two massive comeback drives within the last two minutes and 30 seconds. Obviously, they fell short today, but I did call that, and that did happen.
1: No, you're absolutely right. You were 100% right. And I thought the Vikings were going to be in it. And I agree. They did beat them. But I still think, like, when I watch Green Bay, it's just different. There's something different there. Yeah. And so I was yeah. like, who's going to give them a run, right, like in the playoffs? I think you're right. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers will be definitely there waiting. If Cardinals – I'll honest. if the Cardinals don't get Kyler Murray, Curry, Kyler Murray back in 100%, I don't know like they're if he's not I I know and then the Rams gosh Matthew Stafford what I've been seeing no way and then Cowboys who in the world knows what they're going to be I don't know who's going to give them who's going to solve that puzzle like if I match Green Bay against any of these teams I would pick Green Bay I just would I know that's wild dude I I you, you got me you, your hot take let's end it there because that was beautiful just in that one phrase it just that was big
0: all right Bell well thanks for joining us fantastic you know week of football really from Thanksgiving on it was a lot but it was good um, have a great weekend back to the grind of work for all of us here now thanks for joining us and we'll be back next week to break down week 13 of the NFL season.